Good morning from Argentina. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Crime with a K. I'm your host, the K, the Kelsey. And today, well, not today, because today it's Thursday for me, but today for you guys, I'm in Argentina. Um, This is the trip that literally came together in under two weeks and (laughs) by honestly a miracle. I'm not even going to say that because I don't know because it's Thursday and if I say everything worked out, I have not boarded my plane yet. I have not landed in the country. So like, who knows? Who knows what could happen? So I feel like I've talked about this everywhere, but then I realized like I have a YouTube and friends and family, like I'm going to be talking about things. But so if you don't know, I'm going to Argentina with my friend Shannon. So by the time you guys listen to this, we'll be in Argentina. Um, Shannon and I work together and pretty much how this entire trip came to fruition was we went into the office for work probably about two weeks ago and we were just sitting there and we were talking and I was like, I really want to go to Argentina or Africa. And Shannon was like, I really want to go to Argentina. And I was like, should we go? And she was like, I'm down. And then that night, we were texting and we were like, so do we really go to Argentina? And we were like, okay, yes, let's look at our calendars, see when we're both free. Well, Shannon and I are both avid travelers. So we were pretty much like, okay, I can't do June, July, September, November. And then like, okay, well, I can't do July, June, August, October. Like it was pretty much like, okay, so when can we go? Oh, two weeks from now. Oh, okay. Okay. Guess guess that's happening. And so we booked it, booked our tickets and we were like, all right, we're good to go. And that was it. We booked the Airbnb like a few days ago and don't really have anything planned. And I don't know. I'm so excited because that's honestly how I travel is I don't have much planned. And then for the past few years, I've traveled with like everything planned. And it like, I'm kind of happy that I'm back in my roots of like, who cares? We're just going somewhere and we have somewhere to stay and we'll figure out what we do. And the fun part too is like Shannon and I are very similar in the way we travel. Of We like to be immersed in the culture and make friends and talk to people and get their recommendations. And that's really where you get your stories is when you go there without a plan and like things just happen and you have all these crazy stories of things that happen and you meet crazy awesome amazing people so i'm just so excited because it's our first 
at least my first time out of the country since fracking COVID. And we're also going to Uruguay. So we have two countries that we're going to hit in South America. Neither of us have ever been to South America too. So that's pretty exciting. But I wanted to focus today's case on the country that I'm going to be in because we haven't taken it internationally yet. And now we are. And let me tell you, okay, so this isn't going to be a long episode. And I think it's because I don't think the Argentinian police are like us, where they're kind of like, yeah, someone died. (laughs) Okay, life goes on. And I was just like, there's a lot lot of questions in today's case. Uh, But before we jump into the case, (laughs) COTD. I'm so tired. Holy shit. I have not slept. I work has been crazy. We have been trying to get so much done. My just everything. I'm so tired. I'm literally going to probably need like an epinephrine shot or something into my heart today because I don't know how I'm going to board the plane tomorrow and zoom on out of here. Also, I think I'm going to bring, I might bring my mic or at least my laptop so we can record Shannon's episode while we're in Argentina and then you guys can have that next week. Um, So COTD is just the coffee beans. I'm just eating them straight out of the bag. I'm just kidding. I probably need to do that. I don't know if you get more caffeine that way, but I went down and I got a coffee from, I think it's called Jaho, Jaho coffee but i just got an iced cold brew with oat milk and it's really good a little expensive it was seven dollars i don't know i don't know if like coffee's now just expensive or if i'm like i have no idea what's going on so (laughs) but i was like oh okay this is why i drink home coffee a lot now i used to get a coffee every single day and i was like i'm literally paying seven times seven is 49. I'm usually, I'm literally paying $49 a week for coffee when I could literally buy a bag for $8 and make it at home. So it's good. The aesthetics, it's really, it's pink, pink cups, which is cute. But, and then I guess the highlight of the week is the fact that I'm going to Argentina. I got my COVID test yesterday. I'm getting my nails done and a spray tan today. I've never gotten a spray tan before, so sit tight on that. Shannon convinced me. I'm a little nervous. I've never gotten one, but I honestly, I needed to get one anyways because my parents are getting married in December and I wanted to get one for then, but I didn't want my first spray tan to be like for my parents' wedding because it's such like a big thing that I needed to be right. So this will be a good trial run. Like I could literally be going to Argentina orange which would be honestly comical and i would not be mad at all so yeah that's my highlight of the week i'm going on my first international trip and i'm just so excited because it came together so fast and it's just when i say that 2022 is going to be the best year of my life i this is what i mean so today without further ado we're going to be covering the case of maria marta garcia Belsonce. And I don't know if I'm saying the last word right, her last name, um, but because I couldn't translate it into Google, it wasn't working. But I wanted to do a case that took place in Argentina. And this one just kept coming up. And actually, 
There was a documentary or like a docuseries released on Netflix called Carmel, Who Killed Maria Marta? It came out on Thursday, November 5th. I did watch it, but it's really hard to watch, at least for me. I don't like subtitles. I know that's like a, a con, con, conserver, conversational concert. Why can't I think of that word? Conversional? Controversial? Conservational? What is it? Controversial. Oh my god. It's it's 6.45 in the morning. I know that's a controversial opinion because of like Squid Game and stuff and how that came out and everybody liked them. This one, I don't... It was just they were going so fast and I felt like I couldn't watch what was happening on the screen while I was reading it. But it was a really interesting... This whole case is so weird. Honestly, like you... Like just be prepared. You're going to leave today with a lot of questions because I did. But Maria Marta was a 50-year-old sociologist and charity worker who lived in Pilar, Buenos Aires, Argentina. She lived with her husband, Carlos Carascosha. That's probably not pronounced correct either. I'm just telling you, like, I didn't take Spanish. I took French and Google was not letting me translate these earlier. She married um, Carlos when she was just 19 years old and Carlos was a stockbroker and together they did not have any children. They did live in a gated community in Pilar, um, but on October 27th, 2002, Carlos called police to report that his wife had died in the bathtub. He was returning home from a football, aka soccer, game with his in-laws. And when watching this documentary, they show you how she was positioned in the bathtub. And it's weird. So she was fully clothed. She's face... There's, there's water in the bath. She's face down in the bathtub but from the side so picture like you're facing you're standing facing a bathtub like the bathtub's down in front of you and you just fall forward that's pretty much how she was so like her hips were at the hinge of like the tub and her upper torso was face down in the bathtub um both police and carlos concluded pretty much on the scene that it was a freak accident that she was starting a bath and she just fell and hit her head on the bath tap and fell into the water and drowned and died that conclusion came while they were at the house no autopsy was done nothing to the body was done it was just like oh yeah this is this must have been what happened as a spouse i would have been like know what happened because this is weird no and carlos's family quickly signed a pre-made death certificate as they all and i put in quotes believed that it wasn't foul play and just so you know pre-made death certificate is basically a death certificate in the sense of it's permanent and i'm pretty sure they're all permanent but this one it's like you're rushing to state that this person died so that they can be buried because once they're in the ground it's a lot harder to get people back up and do things with them so this was all within days they were trying to make it like yep she's dead she just died um they didn't want an autopsy done and when you do that when you have that pre-made death certificate it lists the cause of death so it essentially closes a case so like police 
won't keep investigating if the family signs off on like a death certificate and doesn't want an autopsy they'll just close the case which i feel like in the united states you couldn't just do that like police would be like no this is quite strange um however maria's stepbrother was basically like no (laughs) no something's off and he had her body exhumed for an investigation after she was exhumed and an autopsy was done it was revealed that maria had been shot in the back of the head five times and then dumped into the bathtub a bullet fragment was also found in the plumbing after it had been flushed down the toilet so carlos do you have anything to say for yourself but things get weirder basically once investigators ruled a time of death for maria they learned that her brother brother brother-in-law doctor masseuse and husband had all gathered at her home while her body was upstairs dead which is so weird to me the way the docuseries and the way that articles and again i don't know if there's just not a lot of information on it because it's not a case that took place in the u.s but it sounded like a game of clue like a whodunit like a murder mystery everybody come over let's let's figure this because that's just the most random group of people they're all men and i don't mean that in a bad way i'm just saying like they're all men so it's just so it's just so weird and your wife is upstairs and and oh goodness okay so police first suspected maria marta's husband carlos and thought that maria's family had covered up the murder for him after discovering that the bullet wounds in her head just there was glue on them to basically glue her hair down to them so you wouldn't see that there was holes and wounds um so somebody used glue to hide her head wounds And suspicions were also raised when Maria's half-brother told police that on the day of the incident, he'd found a patuto, which is essentially a thingy in 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 English. And he'd basically thrown that into the toilet without thinking anything of it. And police realized that that patuto turned out to be a bullet. So her brother literally went upstairs, found a bullet, was like, oh, this is weird, and flushed it down the toilet, which is why they found one in the drain. So in 2004, all of the men who were present at the house after the murder were charged with and trying to cover up Maria's death. Her husband, Carlos, was charged with her murder, along with two other men who were unnamed but labeled as accomplices, Carlos eventually went to trial for the murder of Maria, but was acquitted in 2007. However, two years after, an appeals court did find him guilty, and Carlos then spent five years in jail before DNA testing proved that he didn't do it. There was additional blood at the crime scene aside from Maria's, and DNA analysis discovered that Carlos was not a match for any of the blood that was found at the crime scene, which this led to another acquittal in 2016, and it was also discovered that he did have an alibi at the time that the murder took place. 
The case today does remain unsolved. However, Carlos and Maria's neighbor, Nicholas Pacello, is considered a possible suspect. Um, Pacello has a record for countless robberies and fraud, and it's believed that this was a robbery gone wrong. So it's believed that Nicholas broke in, not knowing that Maria was there, and executed her in the back of the head in the um, upstairs bathroom. And it's believed that he committed the murder for theft as Maria and Carlos did have a lot of money and Nicholas was seen jogging by the house several times that morning. He claims he had an alibi for the time of the murder, but three separate witnesses saw him outside doing all of the jogging. So they were like, no, your, your alibi are your neighbors because they're watching you jog back and forth in front of the house. Today, no one has been arrested for the murder of Maria Marta Garcia and, um, that's pretty much all I could find. Isn't that crazy? There's like nothing. But I did find some theories that I thought would be interesting to go through. So the first theory, our authorities believe that Carlos killed Maria after she had discovered that he was laundering money for a Mexican drug cartel using her bank accounts. He feared that she would go tell the police because she got really upset and ticked off and so he then created this whole plan to have her killed a family friend also alleged that carlos had paid for a hasty burial in order to avoid an autopsy so he like i said earlier was rushing to get her in the ground like immediately told police like yeah nothing weird this just must have been a freak accident let's just go ahead and bury her today and everybody was like oh you don't want to you're not sad like um carlos however has always maintained his innocence and like i said he was sentenced to life in prison in 2004 after being found guilty of aggravated homicide but in 2016 he was acquitted of the crime and as a result was released from prison dna analysis did find that he did not match any of the blood that was found at the scene but in my own theory off of that, if you're laundering money for a Mexican drug cartel, you know people that you can hire. Like you, you've got a hitman on speed dial because you're dealing with dangerous people doing dangerous things. And I feel, I don't know, I feel like when you're in, a, in that type of business, your empathy for people goes right out the window and like it doesn't matter who it is you have no problem offing somebody if they're going to interfere with what you're doing and if he was threatened by maria telling i feel like he would hire a hitman because if she told his he would wind up dead by the mexican drug cartel and I don't know, he, like, his whole, like, all of it's just so strange, because before I get into the next one, like, you, you, your wife is upstairs in the upstairs bathtub, and I guess to me, like, when you come home from somewhere, and you live with somebody, you always acknowledge that person when you first get in, like, you go find them, or you go say hello, or you yell out to them, basically saying, like, hey, I'm here. The fact that she was upstairs in the bathtub dead, and you're downstairs 
and then you invite all these people of which which like that group of people is so strange your brother-in-law her brother your who else was in this brother brother-in-law doctor masseuse um brother her brother his brother-in-law doctor and masseuse and husband had all gathered at the home so that's so many people that like you invite over before going to say hello to your wife like it just is so strange and like for what purpose what what are those people doing there why you're just meeting like and they they said that they were just like meeting they were having a meeting on what that this is this case was hard because there was like no details provided and the the sites i did find a lot of it was in spanish so i had to translate um so the next theory is that maria's neighbor murdered her during a robbery so like i said nicholas nicholas is currently today serving time in prison for two armed robberies according to maria's family nicholas may be the one responsible for her death um, like I said, at the time of her passing, Nicholas already had a criminal record for robbery and fraud. And those close to Maria have aligned or said that basically she may have stumbled upon Nicholas robbing her home. And then it was a robbery gone wrong. Um, he did say he had an alibi at the time, but three witnesses claimed to have seen him jogging several times near Maria's home on the day of her death. And, So that theory kind of leads into the next theory, which is Maria's family covered up the crime. And I think it's all three of these combined. So basically, a really weird, bizarre fact emerged during Carlos's trial that sent a lot of shock to people who were following this case. So like I said... According to the autopsy, doctors found what appeared to be traces of a chemical present in superglue around her bullet wounds and hair. As a result, speculation emerged that those closest to her had attempted to cover up the crime from police. And to make this even more weird, Maria's brother, Horatio Garcia, who was friends with Carlos, who was at the house that day at that meeting called a police commissioner and asked him to keep authorities off his back for a while. Also weird, police were skeptical to come to the house the day of the murder. So when when police when police were first called, it took them a really long time to show up. They stalled as to why they couldn't come, why they couldn't get there. So this is like I don't know. So my theory off the little facts that I have are that the husband, but like, why would the family do it? This is what I mean. There, Like, there's no answers. I don't know what to do because I'm so upset because I want to know is why does she have money? Did the family get money if she died? Was the family close? Why did, why does the family have more honor to her husband? My mom would never, my sister would never. So that's weird and i think this is what i think my theory i think that it was the family and the boyfriend her husband and all of those other people 
just this is like a ray of people. I think that she learned something about her husband because he was doing dirty work. And as a good person, she's probably like, I'm not fucking with that. So wrap that up. He was probably like, no, I'm going to keep doing that. And then he and the family planned her death, executed her, tried to cover up her bullet wounds with her hair, like hide them with super glue. But then when her other brother or stepbrother was like, no, this is weird. You guys are rushing to have her buried within days of finding out she died. You don't even want to find like the Like her husband never asked how she died. He never was really upset by it. Like, it's just so strange. And so then when an autopsy is done and they find those bullet holes and they find the super glue, then the family spins their story as to, okay, well, who is in this neighborhood that we can point this to? They hired that Nicholas Pacello guy to execute her and then tried to cover it up as a freak accident. But they knew if this doesn't work, we can blame Nicholas because he's really the one that did it. Because now they're pointing like so many fingers at Nicholas. And the Netflix series was done to raise awareness and basically like bring more attention to the case because 18 years later and 19, 20, 20 years later and nothing there's no leads just it's kind of like yeah it's interesting too because when i was looking up true crime cases like this is really the only one that comes up for argentina so i can only imagine how shook this country was because it's just strange and there's really no answers to it um yeah that's the case of maria marta so closing the ipad for today i know that this was a short episode um and I just, I really wanted to do a case in the country that I'm going to be in. Next week, I think I'm going to bring either my mic or my laptop to Argentina. So we'll get Shannon next week on the mic, hear all her interesting stories about her travels, her getting trapped in countries, countries shutting down, almost getting kidnapped. She has a lot of stories. Then the week after, I'll do a nice long case for you guys we can chill out and we'll just spend a long time together since this one was so short and I feel bad that it was so short. Um, but also if you guys have any case suggestions, please send them to me on Instagram. Um, because the list I have right now, it's okay, but I feel like I can find more interesting ones. I really like cases that make you think and, before I tell you like who did it I really like making you guys try to connect the dots and think about who did something so um yeah let me know if you have any and then I'll probably do some work on the plane too of trying to find some and writing a nice long case but bon voyage I will see you all next week I will be home I'm landing really late on Sunday night. Happy Easter to me. Maybe the Easter bunny will be my Uber driver. And 
yeah, if you liked this case, make sure you or like this podcast, make sure that you download it. Um, I upload and what am I saying? I'm literally doing my YouTube outreach. Um, if you guys liked this podcast, make sure that you download it because it really does support my podcast and help me on the back end. And I upload every Monday. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at crime with a K on TikTok at crime with a K. Send me a Gmail to at crime with a K. You can follow my personal Instagram if you want. It's really not that exciting. It's hello.kelsey. And then you can follow us on YouTube, hello.kelsey, because we talk about behind the scenes stuff. I'm going to be posting the Argentina vlogs. Um, I try to do more of like my personal stuff on there. That way you guys can see who I am aside from the gory true crime um, type deal. But thank you so much for listening. Um, I don't know how to say goodbye in Spanish. I took seven years of French, so au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.